0: This episode of The Mason Jar is brought to you by our friends at The Homegrown Preschooler, where they understand that the pressure starts so early. Aunt Claire just sent you another article about the importance of getting your child into school at age 3.765, while the Joneses next door are wondering why your two-year-old can't read yet and suggest you should get that Phonics iPad app to help him along. And you better get him into that exclusive preschool waiting list within the first week of his life on Earth. Slow down. Breathe. Be present. Have fun. Get messy. Let them be kids. Let them be free. You've got this. That's what Homegrown Preschooler says. Their program, A Year of Playing Skillfully, is a wonder-based, developmental, school-year curriculum designed for children ages three through seven. Concrete themes and character traits have been carefully chosen for children to explore. Research-based learning opportunities address the needs of the developing brain in the following areas, language and literacy, math and manipulatives, science and sensory, art and music, gross motor and outdoor play, and social, emotional, and home life. Currently, Homegrown's A Year of Playing Skillfully is $20 off, and all December they're including the ebook for free, as well as throwing in a free sensory kit and free packets of water beads. So give your child the gift of wonder this year. Head over to thehomegrownpreschooler.com to order today. Again, that's thehomegrownpreschooler.com to order today. Welcome to The Mason Jar here on the Searcy Institute Podcast Network. I am David Kern, and as always on The Mason Jar, I am joined by the star of The Mason Jar, Cindy Rollins. Cindy, how's it going?
1: Uh, it's going very well. It's beautiful holiday season. I'm enjoying my living room right now with um, candles and Christmas tree and even a few snow flurries. I think (laughs) I'm told they're out there.
0: (laughs) You never dare hold out hope for a white Christmas, but you may get a few snow flurries during the month of Christmas.
1: We did get a white Christmas one year and it was completely unexpected. So that was so nice. We woke up on Christmas morning and it was covered in (laughs) snow. And it was a very exciting Christmas and, and but the last few years, we've hardly gotten any snow at all. Well,
0: the last few Christmases here in North Carolina, it's been like 60 degrees, and everywhere. yes, so like, yeah. I mean, nice it's just as likely
1: to be warm as as cold.
0: Yeah, somewhere across the country, many of our listeners are saying it's five degrees, and I'm snowed in right now, and already.
1: <laughs> well, when I went to Wisconsin earlier this year for a, a conference that just listening to them talk i mean they were going to be ready to have eight or nine months of terrible weather
0: yeah yep Yep. so my sister lives in upstate new york um at fort drum up there and or near it and they already have you know it's already blanketed i mean it, and it's deep the pictures she sends her are um they're fun to look at i can't imagine living in that for that yeah one.
1: it's it's really nice in january uh december january but after that it's yeah
0: horrible yeah <laughs> yeah
1: in my my humble
0: opinion i'm sure there's somebody out there who's in, who enjoys it well yeah. we are here to not to chat about the weather as much as i think we're really good at chatting about <laughs> the weather but <laughs> yeah well all the listeners who haven't skipped ahead are um are ready for the for this episode it is a QA episode um last month we did two interview episodes uh leading up to the beginning of advent advent and then also through thanksgiving so we skipped the q a episode last month but we're back here in december with the q a episode uh before i jump right into the questions though i want to just uh kind of let people know who, who may not have heard yet that we have a patreon page set up for this show and for um the mere motherhood mason jar um universe we'll call it um we have a couple of tiers where you can contribute to to this show to making this show happen we have a two dollar level a five dollar level and a twelve dollar level um and at each of these levels we'll get we're giving different benefits so if you give two dollars a month you will get access to all of cindy's talks that she's done and a few other things um if you do the five dollar level you do everything you get in the two dollar level plus you can get um I think it's, there's a poster that Graham designed with um, a Charlotte Mason quote on it. And there's, so there's a couple of different things at all the different levels. So if you'll go over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Mason Jar, you can learn about that. Um, when we started the podcast, however many years ago, a couple of years ago now, I think... <clears throat> We didn't really know what to expect. Um, It was just, we just kind of did it to see what would happen and to share some of your ideas and some of your advice and your stage wisdom, of course. And, you know, it kind of took off. And now it's a lot more work than it originally was. So we've got an editor that we pay to, to do the show um, we've got, um, the time Cindy's time that goes into it, preparing for the show, uh, responding to questions and, and then of course recording it and all that. So I would like to be able to send a little bit of money, Cindy's way, our editor way, our editor's way. So your contributions can help us do that. Um, so if you'll consider doing that, we would certainly uh, be grateful. You can, again, that's patreon.com slash Mason And there are all kinds of, um, great rewards, great gifts we call it, you know, swag here in the office. You okay. Can, you, can swag. The, you can get over at the uh, um, the Mason Jar Patreon site. So check that out if you're interested in supporting us. Of course, keep listening even if you can't um, contribute financially. Um, your reviews, your comments, and of course, just your, um, your listening and your conversation is valuable to us as well. And we're really grateful to have this community of listeners that has grown. I mean, the Mere Motherhood Facebook group has thousands of people on it now. And the conversation is every day. There's a great conversation going on. So yeah, I've been super
1: pleased with the conversation over there. Um, I don't have to be a part of every conversation. There's so much wisdom yeah, um, yeah, from moms everywhere and such a diversity and yet a very, very civil conversation.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we don't, we don't even have to go in there. And I mean, I don't think we've maybe once had to go in and like I think we've something. had like
1: sneaky advertisers get in one, week, but <laughs> yeah. other than that, yeah. we, we haven't
0: really haven't had to talks. go in and, you know, moderate or anything. So thank you for all that great civil, civil conversation, civil um, discussion. And the great thing is, like, I can go in there. And I'm learning stuff, you know, I'm going to, you know, you know, you people have to click the button to submit to, to get into the group. So when Graham and I go check on that, we're looking at the conversation, we're getting notifications and learning great stuff from, from so many people. So, um, that's, that's just great to see. And we're really grateful for that. So thank you for being a part of this, this wider community to everyone who's been listening and, um, commenting and sharing the show with other people and and all that. So that's just, it's been great to see. And we are, as I've been saying, really grateful for that. Okay, so let's answer some questions. Let's have Cindy answer some questions. We have five questions here, and they're they are they follow the category of super practical um, at least I think they do um, so we'll we'll jump in and these will be some of these will be shorter answers than others, and then at the end Cindy's going to share some um. Yeah, the way
1: these, these questions evolved was that a friend of mine gave me a birthday gift, and then apparently the next day she thought she could ask me five or six
0: <laughs> <questions>. <laughs> It was uh, some sort of bribe. Good.
1: I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to embarrass her. I got
0: to say, but, though, that's smart because yes. <laughs> that's very smart. Because next day, I get an email with, hey, let's answer these questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking, well, I didn't answer right away. And then I thought, oh, no, I need to answer these questions. And then I thought. <laughs> Oh, I have a perfect thing. Maybe if she has these questions, other people have these questions. So
0: do you not want to say her name because you feel like it's throwing under her the bus or it's giving her too much credit?
1: Yeah, I don't want to throw her under the bus. She, I mean, she might not mind if I give her name, but I, I think we'll just, in case in case I totally humiliate her, I, I don't want to uh, give her name. I'll just say for all those local friends you know her name starts with an R.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not going to just start guessing then. Okay, um, yeah. I might—I might accidentally get it. So, all right. Here's the first question, and again, these are um, most of these aren't going to be like super in-depth answers. i, w- I don't think. No, um, no. And then you—and then, like I said, stick around for the end because Cindy's gonna. She calls it a monologue. She's got some. <laughs> she's got, some, she's, got some, she's got some thoughts she wants to share. So, okay, first question: What kind of nap schedule did you do with your babies? At what point did they go to only one nap? at what age did your toddler stop napping altogether? Did then, uh, this is all, this is not even one question. There's a bunch of questions in the first uh, one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So she's um, not only doing this. She's actually putting in like 45
0: questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's really going for it. I give her credit. Yeah. Um, did they nurse past a year? So a lot of this is early, you know, child. She says she's yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. months old and yeah, she and you, seems yeah. like she wants to go one nap, but it feels early. So um, th- th- thoughts on this?
1: Yeah. So, so here's what happened with me. I, I, and I'm, I was kind of famous for this, but my kids took naps until they were sometimes six years old. Six,
0: Sixteen <laughs> I, years I, old?
1: Six. Yeah. Sixteen years <laughs> old. No, at 16, you, They will take a nap. They're very easy to get. It's very easy at the age of sixteen to get them to take a nap. At the age of five, on the other hand, it's a little bit more difficult. But for at least for my like older five or six kids, you know, I had everybody conned into thinking that these nap times were just part of everybody's daily life, and um, (laughs) and that you just took a nap in the afternoon. I probably for as long as I was pregnant and having babies. Um, I extended out their nap times very, very late. And um, because I remember taking naps when I was five or six. And when I went to kindergarten, we took a nap at kindergarten. So at that point in time, it didn't seem abusive in any way. <laughs> I don't know if it does now, but um at the, you know from from my history and from where from where I was coming from um I, just extending out the nap as long as you can um was a good idea. Now, I did um I nursed most of my babies until I got pregnant again and hmm. then a lot of times at that point um, I didn't, I just didn't have as much milk and they got, they lost interest. Yeah. So they kind of, they, it was kind of a natural organic, like tapering off and then it stopped. And it didn't really, I don't think I ever nursed past, um, um, 18 months. I think that was the longest I ever got. And that was just with one of my babies. Most of the babies at about 13, 14 months, they were done. They were bored and, and they were, uh, you know, they were already eating other foods. So that was more. in. So. Um, But, um, I, and you know, honestly, I wish I could say about the, when they went to one nap, but it always just seemed like it was a very awkward time period when you had a baby who was taking two really short naps and you knew once they took that one nap, your life was going to get better because it was going to be a nice long three hour nap. Yeah. And, um, it, that was going to be so much nicer than, you know, just the cat naps And then before you know it,
0: they're not napping at all.
1: Yes, that's right. (laughs) And then so much for your day. Right. So, so I'm not really sure about um, how, uh, to me, that always just sort of happened in the, the course of, of, life that they you know that that nap period and, and but i do remember the feeling like oh this is so awkward you know because yeah. now if they take a nap if if they take their second nap at the, and, and it's six o'clock at night and they wake up and now they're you know they don't want to go to bed at an early hour they're going to be up till 11 or 12 um so it's it is a delicate situation at that
0: point yeah do you, um, okay so i don't uh, can i ask a follow-up question about this sure so okay i don't I don't mean this to, again, sound like I'm throwing our questioner under the under the bus. I don't mean this to be a critical question. This is just something I've wondered about, you know, the way for my own family. Do you think this is one of those kind of questions where we allow ourselves to get too tied up in anxiety about this kind of thing? And I don't mean to suggest that this questioner is overly anxious about it. She may just be trying to, you know, figure out the right patterns for her family and all that. But do you think... You talked about how it's kind of kind of happened organically for your family. Yeah, yeah. Do we need to just let things go, or should it be something where? I mean, I know everybody has different ideas about scheduling and all that. And I don't. That's I think not what happens is mom. Yeah,
1: I mean, your day you you could see like it's frustrating to the mom because the baby does change. You you do get into these patterns. Yeah and then you see that it's not working with the baby anymore and, and 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 she uses the word schedule here what kind of nap schedule do you use and she has it in um you know quotation marks um yeah, yeah. and i think i think that is the frustration especially in families that want to have a schedule but the the baby i've always found that the baby falls into whatever schedule's already going on but of mm-hmm. course that is in an organic manner in which sometimes that just means nothing happens the way it should happen because somebody has teeth coming in or, you know, you just can't schedule those things. And, and, um, and babies often, um, throw things off Uh, the the schedule is overall in place, but there's plenty, there's plenty to make it feel like it isn't really in place.
0: Yeah. Babies have a way of living their own lives too, even if we don't really want them to. (laughs) Yes. yes. So to speak. I mean,
1: yeah, they're all, it's almost as if they were born (laughs) person.
0: Hey, nicely done there. Okay, let's go to the second question. Uh, what did you What did your little guys do when your big kids were reading their Bibles and doing math before morning time? She says, if they start to play, I lose them. If they hang close, they're underfoot when I'm doing kitchen chores. If they stay in the room, the big kids are distracted. So it's kind of a catch twenty two here. So uh, little kids, when the big kids were doing their things, I mean, little kids so
1: do what little kids do, and that's wherever they're they're doing it. It's a pain to everybody around. them. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's always going to be that way. It's um, as much as you can keep them away from the big kids, that's the ideal. So if they're, yeah. uh, they're bothering you with the chores, then help get them to help you with the chores, which means that the chores will be done badly and, um, in a,
0: <laughs>
1: and, and it would not in the way you wish it would be done, but that's a perfect, I think having them do chores with you during that time. Um, a lot of times I was doing things like on the computer during that time when mm-hmm. everybody's, you know, having their devotions, eating their breakfast, doing their chores, and I'm trying to get a bunch of stuff done on my own. So I understand that temptation yeah. and the toddlers are kind of off doing you know if they're, if they're the kind that will play by themselves they're you know they're in the room playing by themselves yeah, or um you could put them in a room with a where they're safe and let them play that way mm-hmm. or you can put them you know in the kitchen with you and let them play in that way. You can Mm -hmm. get them to help you. I do think it's very frustrating for the older children who are, you're trying to get on a schedule of reading their Bibles, doing chores to have the little kids underfoot at that point. Um, There is that whole thing. And I think this works really well where you assign an older child to the younger child. So you could do that like one day a week, a, a child, like maybe you have the child one day a week and then um, some, if you have three or four older kids, they could have, um, they could be in charge of the toddler during that time. And Mm. then, um, you know, there are things like that you can do. And I found that worked very well.
0: Um, you know, I see it even now, my, my oldest is six and my youngest is 18 months or 19 months. And even at six years old, when he's trying to do things, he's focusing on whether it's, he's trying to do something like do a puzzle or build Legos or whether he's trying to do schoolwork, like, penmanship or something that takes six-year-old focus right when our 19 month old is a terror so when he comes through it's you know the end of the world for the six-year-old like he feels like his you know he's gonna explode because even the three in the baby walks in the room and he's like yeah, everything is over now
1: yeah yeah and, and they do i think there are certain kids like i had kids who couldn't concentrate with a lot of interruptions there they, they were more they needed that quiet environment and and yeah. as much as you can respect that i didn't respect it probably as much as I would if I had to go back and do it over again. I would try to work a little harder to give that child the pe a little bit of peace and quiet that they needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um third question. How long do you think is reasonable from when you get up in the morning to when you're ready to start morning time? I feel like getting going in the mornings takes a really long time between nursing, dressing everyone, fixing hair, making breakfast, eating, cleaning up, et cetera. I'm not sure i'm I, if I'm not realistic of how long it should take or if I'm not moving quickly enough, man, I feel like this is universal universal <laughs> question right there
1: yeah and and you just feel the pain there, not moving quickly enough i mean that that is definitely not what you want to feel like you don't yeah. um you definitely don't want to feel like you're not and that's why you have to make a decision about morning time you have to make the decision if you're going to give the time to morning time then there are a lot of things you may not be able to give your time to and you need to stop panicking and worrying about it otherwise you are you're always going to be in this constant state of I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough, I wish we could do more, I wish we could do more. Uh, in the morning, I think it changes over time. When when my kids were super little and um, we were just doing morning time, it seemed like 8.30 was always um, the time when we would, would finally sit down to morning time. Now we were early risers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as time went on, that began to change a little bit as we had teenagers and people started sleeping in later, yeah different yeah. things and then morning time kind of moved to 10 or 10:30 and the key at that point for me was to just make sure cuz they could be working on schoolwork until we had morning time yeah. so you know once they're independent at that point so you have older independent kids they can work for 2 hours on something and then you can have morning time
0: yeah,
1: yeah. um it's not like but when they're really little um i i i mean you can get up early my um, mom it's so nice for a mom to get up early if she's getting enough sleep but sleep is important um, and then you have if you can at all possible have that quiet time before the kids get up but if you can't um, then then um, I would not rush everybody obviously kids need consistent, you know, they they aren't going to work consistently nicely so that everything gets done yeah. in, a, in a timely manner <laughs> yeah. without a little bit of nagging going on or, or consequences. Um, so, so yeah, moms. But I wouldn't want to feel like, oh no, we're hurrying up through breakfast. we maybe hurry up through the chores. Um, maybe maybe say maybe have a little thing where you know if we all get down by eight thirty for morning time. Um, you know, we can, everybody can have a hot drink while we're, we're doing morning time, but I'm sorry yeah, yeah. if we don't get done, if we're, if it's nine o'clock or nine thirty, and we meant to get, sit down at eight thirty, and you guys are fooling around, then we're just going to have to hit it without, without any little, um, special, you know, joyful thing added in there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, um, did you eat breakfast at the exact same time all the time? Like, did you make I remember in the book you talked about how you made a lot of oatmeal. So did you make oatmeal, put the pot on the table, and everyone sat together, or did you make a pot and different kids came and got it at different times?
1: Yeah, in the later years, um, we definitely did not eat breakfast together. In the early years, for for, in the middle years, we definitely ate breakfast together. We would all sit down and eat oatmeal together.
0: Yeah, was it just? We
1: have have some funny stories. One of my sons one day, one my he's way down the line. He said, remember when, and he named a baby who was born way before him, used to always put oatmeal on his head every morning. And we (laughs) were like, yeah, we remember, but how do you remember? Because you weren't even born yet. And he was like, man that's right he said i've heard that so much Um, (laughs) i just feel like i was there
0: (laughs) he just imagined his brother putting oatmeal on his head
1: yeah yeah and and it it was it was true it's like every morning uh when the certain baby which you know i won't humiliate him now you know was done he (laughs) ate a good portion of his oatmeal and then left a little bit to put on his head and you know to save i guess for later oh he said they they threw those cheerios you know on the floor yeah yeah as a precautionary measure in case their mom didn't feed him later on <laughs> but um yeah so so we we did eat breakfast together it, i would say the oatmeal years we ate breakfast together okay and then like like now we don't eat breakfast together and well uh, what well, did you kind of we kind of all grab our breakfast in our family we all grab our addiction of coffee and
0: <laughs> you can't you you you're worried about embarrassing one of your sons for putting oatmeal on his head when he was a kid. Now he's probably like a Navy SEAL or something. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> I true. can't
0: imagine that's going to damage do too much damage to him.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, one <laughs> of my <laughs> or sons said, he, or he didn't want he doesn't he didn't want um he didn't want his name attached to certain things for uh. What did he say? Uh, it, what do you call it when the insurance purposes are, you know, <laughs> in case somebody came back and said, oh, you're the one who uh, <laughs> blew up the town hall or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's go to the next question. This is a little bit of a shift. It's okay. Like, what would an independent reading list look like for a new independent reader? This person says her daughter can read Narnia, so that's what she considers her, quote, reading level. She's read a bunch of the Meet the, you know, dot, dot, dot series. She's nine and a half, younger, fourth grade, whatever. You know, she puts fourth grade in quotation marks, and we all know what that means. Yeah. Um, so independent reading list for a new independent reader with roughly a kind of like Narnia-ish reading ability. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that is a great time for series books. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. those, that's when you read all those series. And some uh, there's some excellent series out there. Um, um, I love the Childhood of Famous American books for that. Um, and I, I haven't looked into it enough lately to because somebody was looking at them recently. I have not <laughs> been looking at seeing whether the new public, the newly published ones, the ones that have been reprinted, are actual reprints, or if they're redone. If they're redone, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even bother, because the authors that they used for those for that particular series um, were so wonderful. I can't even imagine
0: um and, and can you say that series name again just for people it's called
1: the childhood a famous american series they're the okay. old books they have like blue covers or orange yeah. covers a lot of them have orange the o- they used really to have
0: those in my one. church's library
1: oh yeah the really old ones have like the silhouettes uh, pictures. They're just beautiful. They're just yeah. wonderful, wonderful books. I've never met a child who, who didn't absolutely love those at that stage. I would get as many of those as I possibly could. Okay. And I would have the child read through those. Um, there's some other, real, you know, I'm a big fan of the, and I hate to say this because I don't, I don't I'm sad that so many there are a lot of new books out there, but these older books are just so much better. The old non um updated Sugar Creek Gang series are just yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely I read wonderful.
0: those definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean you just they're just perfect. I, I loved reading them. I learned a lot about life from the, those books. And um, those are wonderful books.
0: What about the Hardy Boy and Nancy Drew books? Did yeah, you like this? I'm a
1: fan of those. I'm a fan of I didn't read obviously Hardy Boy. The boys read a little bit of Hardy Boys. I mm-hmm. personally read um, I read both the childhood of famous Americans when I was little because they had them at our library and the Nancy drew books, which, um, I love those books. So I feel like those are great books. The, um, the happy Hollisters were, were very well done hmm. um the f- there was another series of four kids i can't remember but there are certain of those series now I, if i noticed at our we have a local mckay's which is a wonderful used mm-hmm. store and their series section is absolutely full but i would be super careful about what series i got my child involved in but i imagine there are um
0: what about like the boxcar uh, children
1: there's i love those i think those those are updated i think those are updated too but i think the old box cars are perfect for that age okay i think when you get in fourth fifth those are perfect for fourth fifth sixth grade and then um um Trying to think of some other series that are great. The, the then at that point the we were there, books um, are probably oh, yeah. up, they're up a level from the childhood of Famous Americans, but they're not quite up to the landmark level. So because some of the landmark books are, are a little difficult, they're well, not books you're going to whiz through.
0: Yeah, which brings me to my follow up question: the idea of like difficulty with an independent reading list with newer readers. Obviously, when you read aloud or maybe you're doing school, like you know curriculum reading to with your students you maybe you you um do things that are a little above their head you know especially when you're reading aloud um to what degree should you be using independent reading time and those independent reading lists to challenge their ability as a, as a reader or should it be about like creating the habit of reading and giving them to read things they like and um that sort of thing
1: yeah i think that there's both going on i think you definitely want to keep reading to as much as Anything you can read that's more difficult for them, that you realize that they're going to enjoy more with you reading it, that is a school book. If you can fit in the time to read it with them at that age, it's it's very helpful. You, you always want to be there. Th- that way, they're always going to be hearing what they can understand more than what they could actually read. So you can advance their school work above what they would, be able to do on their own. And you want that to be happening quite a bit. Uh, On the other hand, and morning time can cover a lot of that because you're reading things higher than their morning time. So, so in morning time, you're reading maybe some of those harder history books in their own personal reading, you're going to give them stuff more on their level. Some of it's going to be part of their schoolwork, and, and some of it's just going to be stuff you just hope they take off and read and read and read and read. And um, I always yeah. ended their school list with a free reading selection. I, it, it's nice to just uh, make them commit to what they want to free. Let them pick it out uh, amongst a certain group of books. But don't let them say, oh, today I'm going to do this for free reading. Tomorrow I'm going to do this for free reading. Um, it, they do need to make a commitment to a book. There is a time to say, hey, let's just yeah. give it up. This book isn't working with this child.
0: But, yeah. but you they want can, them to put the effort in.
1: Yeah, they'll get very flighty with their reading if they have too much freedom
0: at mm. that point. So yeah.
1: I would let them pick free reading books of from all these you know, easier books but I would also... I'm not
0: nine years old and I'm flighty with my reading when I've got my own, when I get to choose.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. So exactly. So it helps to, to just say, you know, you, this is a book you've chosen. So we're going to power through this book. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I use that term power through at school yesterday. And um, my students said, Oh, Miss Cindy, you sound like my mom. She's always saying <laughs> let's power through. <laughs> so, um, moms everywhere want children to power through. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, speaking of powering through, let's transition to this final question here before, before we go to your final thoughts. So when did you fit in your personal reading is the question. Was it when you were nursing after the kids went to bed in the afternoons after school all the time? Did you ever feel conflicted between taking time to read versus doing, uh, housework? Yes.
1: (laughs) Not for very long. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's a really good question. Um, And there's a lot of ways to answer it. I remember reading a biography a few years ago of a lady, and I I can't remember the name, but her mom basically sat on the couch during the 60s. They lived across the street from the beach, and the mom smoked cigarettes and read books, and the kids kind of fended for themselves and went out and played and had a really good childhood, According, didn't seem to be too bitter or anguished about it, (laughs) but I thought I really liked that mom, not the cigarettes part, but the, um, she just sat around and read all day. (laughs) And, um, so, so there is, um, it's really hard. I, and I always say this, but it's really true. There was probably about 10 years where the only reading I did was when I was nursing a baby. And that only works until the baby starts hitting the book, you know, making it. You <laughs> yeah. know, the the baby's kind of resent yeah. it after a while. Like they know you're not really paying attention to them, and yeah. and they start making that a little bit more difficult. But um, all the books I read during that period were probably parenting books, or um, you know, just things I needed to know. Yeah, diet, not diet, but you know, family food type books. What are yeah, you going to yeah. feed your kids? And yeah, um, so. So there were long periods of time when that my reading was not as um, prolific as it was. Um, I did read when the kids went to bed, but I, it, you know, you don't read very long at that point because we didn't have a TV. So I, I wasn't binging on any Netflix shows. I, and <laughs> even now, you know, I read about a hundred books a year now. But I also watch impressive. quite a few. Uh, yeah, I, I watch a, a lot of reader? shows. Um, I, I, what happens is I really feel like it works well because I always have like five or six books going. So okay. when I see that I'm getting towards the end of one, you know, I start pushing a little bit at that point, yeah, yeah. But, but at first I just start really slowly, like a chapter a day or a chapter a week. And then if I'm 10 chapters in, then I'm, then I'm really getting into it and I pick up. So then when I'm done with that book, then another book kind of, uh, I'm still reading these other books here and there and here and there. And then I kind of, one of those gets done that, that's sort of my, my, what I do now. Now, which I don't know if that helps me to read more or what. And I, I do a lot of audiobooks because I drive to work. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that obviously that's not something that moms are generally doing. So they don't have that time. But so, no, I didn't read that much. I, I, there was a time when um, I would say I used to read before I read the way I do. Now I read about 50 books a year. And then when, and I was really, really in my, those child raising years, um, I, I read, about twenty books a year out loud to the kids,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and that really w- was to feed me, and then um, and then whatever I read, beside that, maybe maybe five or ten other books during the course of the year, so mm-hmm. um, but I did not have a TV, so I wasn't watching anything in the evenings. When I sat down in the evenings, I was reading, um, so there there is that.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and no, and 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 there were two things that I struggle with. I struggle with cooking. Um, I cooked a lot when my kids were little, and we had these meals. I, I I'm just, I would rather not. I'm You're not. Bad, I'm a good. I don't want to say I'm a bad cook because I'm actually a good cook. I can cook meals that people like.
0: You're just kind of over it.
1: Yeah, I that's just. My mom, yeah. That's
0: what my mom says.
1: Yeah yeah exactly it's really hard once you're out of the habit to get back in it yeah. so um, and housework I'm the same way'm I like my house to look good, but I don't really care if it actually is good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care if it has a seamy underbelly. I just yeah. really want it to the surface to look uh, <laughs> uh, like it's clean so I'm pretty yeah. content. With the surface being clean, and then reading, I would definitely choose reading before I choose housework, unless yeah, it was just a total, total, you know, pigsty.
0: Yeah, you got to put your kids to work.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let <laughs> the kids do the housework.
0: Yeah, that? you don't want to read, go clean.
1: That's right. I'll exactly. read for you. <laughs> Exactly, and that, I mean, there was that we did that a, a lot of times. Oh, you're bored. The first thing out of my mouth was, "Well, we go clean the toilet, please." You know? Yeah. Nobody said seen they were your bored. Your room. Yeah,
0: so. <laughs> yeah. People, they learn not to complain of boredom.
1: Oh, yeah. Nobody complained of boredom in my house. There yeah. was just too many fancy places, too many things I was ignoring um, yeah. <laughs> in order to read that um, needed to be done. So, yeah.
0: I love the story. And this, I mean, this is not really that related. I mean, it is because it's about cleaning. But the story from your book where you're talking about was that somebody was coming to, Look at your house or something, and as they were going through the house, you had the kids each one room ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean this was our this was our big giant farmhouse with five or six levels and rooms all over the place, (laughs) box rooms they called them. And yeah, and the kids were going from room to room, and I got to the one room, and and nick Nicholas had was hiding in the closet trying to be as skinny as he (laughs) could against the wall while I'm opening the closet showing the person.
0: Well, were they looking to buy the house?
1: Yes, and it was. We were trying to sell that farmhouse, and oh my goodness, nobody was in their right mind would have bought it. But (laughs) somebody not in their right mind.
0: Was it the people who you were showing the house to? No, they
1: did not buy it, and 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 I should have known that it wasn't worth. You know, I should have just said no. But the kids were really sweet. They wanted to sell it too. I guess I don't know. They went around. They really had a great time at the farmhouse. I mean, when you hear them talk about it, they were. Doing all kinds of awful things, (laughs) you know, swinging from the rafters. We had a huge, huge barn. Um,
0: (laughs) Well, that sounds like it must have been pretty amazing, at least for a while there.
1: Yeah, it was. It was amazing in a lot of different ways.
0: Well, thanks to our your unnamed friend, she who shall not be named.
1: Yes, uh, there you go.
0: (laughs) For sending in the questions, there's I think there's a lot of good. Uh, I think there's a lot of universal questions that a lot of moms deal with at varying, uh, no matter what age, you know, you, or what stage you are along with your kids, there's a question that was in there that I think related to you. Um, but you had some final thoughts you wanted to send everyone kind of home with as we finish this episode.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day because um, I heard Dr. Um, I want to say Dr. Seuss. I heard um, Mr. Rogers. There was a, a little clip of him going around. Facebook. And I, I was telling the girls at my book club that I, I, I really limit my time on Facebook and I try not to watch videos, but now they have this thing where if you're watching one video, it shows you like the next video and the next video. And apparently there's just this black hole of videos. You could fall down on Facebook and I fell upon a, a video of Mr. Rogers speaking before Congress. And he was talking, I guess it was Congress, it might have, the Senate and the House of Representatives. Yeah, it was one of those bodies. He was talking in the 1960s or early 70s about um, children's television programming and how um, he was trying to provide a different kind of programming. And he said at the time how worried he was about, that generation of kids because of the things that they were watching on television Hmm. and their lack of education otherwise. And I thought about that because really um, I was, I grew up right before that and I was very, very limited in my education. Um, I happened to be a reader. So I read my way through the classics that I had available to me and at the library when I was young. and, And that really helped me a lot. But when I came to homeschool, that is when um, I started to truly get an education. And we often think about homeschooling, um, especially as moms. It's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. And yet, um, as these generations come up, and and if you talk to moms nowadays, um, I was not educated when I started homeschooling. And I really had the, but I, by what I was, a reader. A lot of these moms right now that are starting to homeschool were not readers because of the way they were educated. And they're waking up and they are realizing that they're not educated and they want to do a better job with their children. And so they think about education in terms of their children, when in fact, It may just well be that what homeschooling is really, really doing is correcting the bad education that we all were given um, for ourselves. Um, And and I think Charlotte Mason was all about this in so many ways. You know, she talked a lot about mother culture and the mothers being educated. But whether or not we succeed in educating our children, um, we, we are. When we hit those books every morning with our kids, our minds are open and we are ready to learn. And so, whether our kids learn or not, or whether they know they've learned or not, we definitely are learning. Yeah. Um, and this is just—I feel like this is a key component of the uh, of the of what's of cultural renewal, if you want to put it that way, or or just the preservation of culture. Is that even um, what we're doing for our kids is fantastic, but what we're doing for ourselves is also uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. And homeschooling may be just as important and possibly more important for mom than it is for the kids. Mm -hmm. And um, so you never have to be ashamed as a mom of learning or of um, your... So you know what? My kids do not love Shakespeare. I, I love Shakespeare. Uh, the Lord has blessed me. I have a student, I, I mentioned this a lot because I'm just so tickled. <laughs> Yesterday at lunch, he said, Miss Cindy, let's, let's do a Shakespeare quiz during lunch. And, and I'm like, who is this kid? This is my, my dream child here. So, so I had a great, we did that. We did that during lunch. He would ask me a question. Nice. And I'd see if I knew the play. And we, did a, we had such a great time. But, but great. I, I do know Shakespeare very well. Um, and it's because I homeschooled whether my kid, my kids know some Shakespeare. I know a lot of Shakespeare. Um, I, I I homeschooled a lot of kids over a 35 year period, but I was in school for those 35 years. (laughs) So, um, some, most of them were only, you know, around for 12 years or so. So, so I really like that. I really want moms to be encouraged that no matter what happens with your family, you're still getting an education.
0: Yeah. One thing that is also true there is that just by you know modeling or or being a learner and being enthusiastic about what you're learning goes a long way with kids. I think too. Like even if you're not, even if they don't know what they're learning, your 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 being a learner and being a student, even as an adult, is going to go a long way, and they're going to look back later and be like wow i i learned things i had no idea i was learning then and, and of course you don't know you don't you don't even know you might think you know what you're teaching them but right you because know everybody takes something
1: out different out of, you're getting and they're getting but they're getting something
0: yeah yeah
1: and it's fun yeah. to find that out and 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 see how they um how they take that i mean in our family i like history and all my kids do like history so yeah. um pretty much across the board. I don't know
0: what that is. It's our genes or. Well, I, I taught, I remember teaching um, uh, four or five years ago. I taught some juniors and seniors in high school. I taught them English. And, um, you know, you have your plans for what you want them to learn. And then a couple of years ago or a couple of years later, anyway, maybe this was recently, but this student was in college or was finishing up college and they started talking about something they learned in a book that I had them read that maybe we talked about on a very cursory level and it was never really part of my quote lesson plan. Right. But it meant right, something to them right. and it helped help them. It helped them grow up or help them change or whatever it was, however they put it. And I never planned for that, but that's the nature of like yes. and great books and all these things. That's just part of, you know, you, you never can tell. You, what, what's gonna it's, that's why it's the long haul right
1: it is and i mean i have and sometimes you get this little little uh br- like that your student says something one of my kids uh, uh, uh unexpectedly said to me could you buy me the federalist papers for christmas and, I, and i'm just like shaking with joy <laughs> going, yes, yes, <laughs> i'm there right now buying them <laughs> um, and i'm handing him the roots of american order and saying well you might like this book <laughs>
0: yeah 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 Which,
1: um you know he had he had Probably, I probably had had him read that in high school. I don't remember for sure. I usually did, but um, yeah, 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 there are
0: gaps. But it's different when you're reading it later on. Yes, when you when, when you choose to read.
1: Yeah, it is so satisfying to have those conversations with your child where you you can talk about things as equals. Um, mm. and they aren't looking at, you know, when you can move away. And it's, that's why it's so important for moms to back off and let that happen at a certain age. Okay. 18, 17, 16, let it go. Let that happen. Um, the, the more you let go, the more they, you know, they've got to pull that parachute string, um, on their own, mm. which reminds yeah. me, I didn't, my, one of my sons recently, um,
0: so, Did he literally jump out of a parachute, out of an airplane? He jumped out of a
1: high parachute, high altitude parachute jumping. Yeah. And he, his, and a guy knocked into him and they both fell 900 feet to the ground. Oh. <laughs> so okay. uh, I have some really cool stories, but I can't really tell the whole thing. But two
0: to cool Is he thing, okay?
1: My son is alive and the other boy is alive also. And that, and all, one of the, one of the cadre said, you know, that, God must have a purpose for you guys because we've never seen a worse accident than that.
0: Wow. Wow. Man. Yeah.
1: So anyway, that was just a fun, cool. Someday your child might grow up to jump out of airplanes and.
0: and Fantastic.
1: And, and and God is there. And, yeah. And, yeah. And God is watching for, over them.
0: <laughs> I, I would be surprised if I have at least one child who I would not be surprised if he's jumping out of airplanes on a regular basis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, one thing I wanted to add about Patreon that I did not add earlier on purpose that I wanted to close with is that we're going to have some bonus content every month um, for the people who uh, are contributors to the Patreon. We're going to have... Every month, we're going to post a lecture that Cindy has given uh, at a Cersei conference or a different conference or something like that that we that we've been at or put on or whatever. So we've got this whole... You know, this whole bundle of talks that she's given over the years that you've given cindy and we're going to be sharing one of those each month um when you subscribe when you contribute to patreon there's a little link there it's an rss link it's under the um donate now or whatever that button says and you can actually add that to your podcast app so that when a new lecture gets added there or new content gets added to the patreon page it'll go into your podcasting apps so if you're using the i. IP- the iPhone app or if you're using Podcast Addict or Stitcher or whatever, then that link, those, that link will just send new content from the Patreon page directly to that app. And then we're also going to have every month, we're going to have um, an a episode where Cindy reads a bit of charlotte mason's work from the from the five volumes and then give some commentary on it it's not gonna be terribly long but it's going to be you know a section that she reads and then offers a bit of commentary on that so we're working on making that happen
1: yeah i'm really really excited about that um i it it, it might be super geeky and weird <laughs> but i'm i'm i think it might be good too i'm, I'm really looking forward to i'll it.
0: listen <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i think it's gonna be great you know especially if you know we're talking here about um mom says just having a hard time being able to find the time to sit down and read but if if you're sitting down and you're reading 10 minutes of charlotte mason and then offering some commentary on that i think that's going to go a long way you know yeah. long or short i mean even those bite-sized portions of something as rich um and filling as charlotte mason's series i think is going to be a Yeah, really it's going to be kind of
1: like an audio book with a book club attached to
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Sounds great. So people can get those by contributing to uh, Patreon. Again, it's patreon.com slash jar. and you can see what goes in each of the levels um, to get these, to get access to these different things. And of course, like I said, we've got the bookmarks and the poster and things that Graham designed. And those are really beautiful and gonna look great in your in your in your walls in your classrooms or wherever. Um, we're gonna put them up here in our studio. Uh, put one up in our studio so all right. Cindy, do you have any final thoughts you want to say?
1: No, I think that's it. I think we've covered it.
0: Should we give the preview of who the guest is this month or should we should we hold off on that? Sure.
1: No, let's do that. Um All right, go for it. Wait, I'm trying to remember who the guest. Oh, oh my goodness, Yes, we have a fantastic guest this month. We have Karen Glass. Um, mm-hmm. we are going to be talking to Karen about her new book on narration, and um it's a just an awesome talk. Karen is so wonderful to talk yeah, to. It and... was
0: great. It was great to eavesdrop on that one.
1: Yeah. So so I'm I'm excited about
0: that. So that yeah, that'll be going on in a few weeks, the end of December. Um you kind of threw me there for a second cuz that you know sometimes we record multiple interviews ahead of time. And so then I was like, "Wait, which one did we schedule for December?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally was we had done three in a row, I think, and then I'm I'm like, "Okay, where are we? Where are we?"
0: <laughs> yeah, that's going to be really exciting. So be on the lookout for that uh, right after Christmas we'll post that episode. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll post that right before Christmas just for all for everyone as they're wrapping presents and cooking and things like that. Maybe we should yeah do them. yeah that, Maybe that, that sounds like a good idea i'll make the commitment to post that the week between the 20th and the 24th sometime how about that
1: all right that sounds great
0: all right well cindy thanks for another episode thanks for sharing your um your wisdom with everybody oh
1: well thank you for asking I, <laughs> like i said always say this I, a lot of mistakes when it's <laughs> <that's> that wisdom
0: <laughs> yeah well um I guess that's just how it works, right? Yeah,
1: that's how it works. There, it goes. There's there—you have it.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, for Cindy Rollins and for all of us here at Cersei, thanks so much for listening to the Jar here on the Cersei Podcast Network. Uh, Thank, thanks for your comments, for your conversation, and for your support. It's, as I said at the beginning, I use the word a lot. We are truly grateful for all of our listeners and for the communities that have sprung out, sprung up out of all our podcasts. There's great content going on across the network. Um, check out our con- the show, The Commons. That season two is going on right now. We just put up episode three yesterday uh, on the seventh, and that Brian Phillips is taking us through ten key people and movements in church history. So he's talked about John Chrysostom, Ambrose and the Cappadocian Fathers. So far, we're going to be talking about Augustine and Basil, the Reformers, the Puritans, the Great Awakening. There's just a great a lot of great content coming up on that um, with a great guest. So you can find that on the Podcast Network feed, or you can find that on its own feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get podcasts. So check that out. Again, uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time on the Mason Jar on the Cersei Institute Podcast Network. Talk to you later.